0: built this city on rock and roll. built this city, we built this city on rock and roll. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of What Are We Building? I'm your host Andy Schaner. Uh, my guest today is Executive Director of the Sunshine Place, Ann Maastricht. Uh, looking forward to talking to her in just a second. Um, but uh, a couple of new projects. Where we normally stick to the boundaries of Sun Prairie. We're a local show. I'm in the Sun Prairie Media Center Studios, underwritten by the Bank of Sun Prairie. And uh, we're a Sun Prairie show. But there's two big projects that we've heard about recently that uh, are are adjacent nearby Sun Prairie. And I think will end up having an effect on, on the city. And I, I thought it was worth talking about. Just kind of get out, outside our box a little bit. The first is a new Amazon warehouse. So Cottage Grove, uh, Village of Cottage Grove, has given tentative approval to uh, what sounds like a five-story, ninety-foot-tall like uh, Amazon warehouse. I think if you've driven by any of these, you know, you go down by Kenosha; these they're just mammoth. And I think I know a lot of people, myself included, have a little bit of a complicated relationship with Amazon. You know, we we, we know that maybe their their you know, working conditions aren't the best, and they're not great for for local retail, and they're not. But but it's so damn convenient to just click a button and have prime and have it show up and you know I, it's just time after time i find stuff that you know i, I couldn't find it that uh, maybe there isn't even a local retail like i had to buy some new headphones the other day and i, I guess my options are walmart or target or best buy and i guess whichever corporate god i, I want to uh, you know appease today uh, that's where i end up going but uh, you know if, if there are local options I, I try to to choose those specifically around you know restaurants or other things that you can't get uh, on on amazon but um i i i I'm a prime member, and I like watching their shows, and I like the convenience of getting that stuff. And if you want uh, to have that convenience, you know, that last mile of getting it to your house, uh, you've got to have DCs and warehouses, and they're going to, they're going to keep building them up. Uh, and so obviously uh, the, the location is right north of the freeway in Cottage Grove off the N, Highway N exit, and TT Right there, um, And so, you know, big footprint. Uh, they have talking 1,000, 1,500 jobs. Uh, and, and I think there's a robust debate to be had. I mean, you hear stories about, you know, Amazon delivery drivers having to pee in bottles because they, they, they can't make it to their deliveries on time. And, you know, I think, uh, unfortunately, Amazon and Walmart, too, have sort of essentially set the new minimum wage for our country at $15 an hour, and, and they pay that. But those aren't, you know, the same type of union jobs or manufacturing jobs that maybe previous generations have had. And I think, you know, the role of unions and, and working conditions, all that is an important debate to be had, but uh, the fact of the matter is, they are building this warehouse and are planning to build it. Uh, looks like at the moment, and and that is going to have ripple effects for Sun Prairie. We're we're close by. Uh, there, it brings people in. It does bring jobs. It brings property tax base to Cottage Grove. You know, I, I don't know whether Sun Prairie was in the running for to get this this warehouse. I, you know, was with Amazon. I hadn't heard of anything. Obviously, that location right by the interstate is ideal. But I, I you know, I, I'm not sure I would have wanted an Amazon warehouse in Santa Prairie. I think I probably do because of the amount of of tax revenue it would generate uh, from you know just the the property tax value and and proximity to jobs and and all that but um, you know it's it's sort of complicated times we're living in and uh, you know we have this sort of complicated relationship with some of these companies but um, that's that's a big project uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about is is look, libraries are in the news uh, we're, we've got a proposal for a library expansion it's going to be uh, lovely plans it's going to be expensive and uh, there's a, a private capital campaign that's going to go on with that. But uh, the city of Madison has plans for Rheindahl Park. So anybody that drives down East Wash, they kind of know right next to Wendy's there, there were a lot of tents, homeless folks there that were recently moved to actually some innovative things that city of Madison is doing to, to sort of address homelessness and help those folks. But at that park, they want to have a new uh, library, but what they're calling an imagination center. And so rethinking the concept of a traditional library just filled with books and media and that kind of thing. I, I wanted to read this. Actually, this is off the... Uh, Madison Library's website, uh, Imagination Center at Ryan Dahl Park will be a place for the community to gather and learn, a safe place for social interaction, civic engagement, and cultural expression. And, you know, I think that's really a, a admirable sort of goal for uh, these city buildings. And I, I, I'm i curious to see sort of how they present or market the new library in Sun Prairie because we re- really need to rethink these spaces um, as places for the neighborhood to gather as resources for the neighborhood um, I'm going to talk to Ann about you know what Sunshine Place is doing but I think we can really uh, su- supplement that and augment that uh, and you know be additive to what they're doing, those resources with some of these city buildings and the library would be a great place to do that so I know I'm going to be kind of keeping an eye on um, how they involve the neighborhood, I know they've had the opportunity for public comment but how are they going to Engage um, the city in terms of what they want. This this Ryndall Park concept, this Imagination Center, they're really making it a point to to reach out to residents, engage with residents, and have them design it and drive it. And that you know is, is what I want to see in Cent Prairie to make sure it gets properly used. And uh, and the folks that that need it the most um, have this resource, and it's a place for, for the city to come together. So, um, but that'll be on the east side of Madison, and I, ten fifteen minutes away. I honestly think look, there's a lot of criticism a lot of the time of Why are we trying to become Madison North? Madison does a lot of good things. It's a nice place to live. And uh, I think we can take some of what they're doing and, and build on it, and put our our Sun Prairie spin on it, and make it the best uh, the best use of those tax dollars in that building, because it's going to be here a long time. So um, I'm sitting in in the library building right now, and obviously the media center will be a big part of that, and continue to be. And so these are these are the kind of resources and, and things that we need to continue to have. And um, I'm excited to see you know where this library discussion and conversation goes in Sun Prairie. So that's all I got to say. Uh, we will get out of here. I'll read some stuff, uh, talk to you guys, and then we'll be back with Anne Maastricht from The Sunshine Place you listen to what are we building on 103.5 FM, The Sun, Sun Prairie's Community Radio, serving the city of Sun Prairie and the surrounding area at 103.5 FM or online at sunprairiemediacenter.com. So if you've been listening to The Sun at all lately, you know we've got a musical Valentine program. Uh, you can go to sunprairiemediacenter.com slash valentine, and you can we're going to be playing songs for you know if you've got a, a if your wife or spouse or significant other, you probably got a special song or songs. That you might like to dedicate. And so you can go to that website, com slash valentine. Uh, and just write up a little dedication. We'll read that. We'll play your song on the air and, uh, you know, different times. There is a fundraiser aspect to it. And so you can, uh, we're asking for a $10 donation per entry, but it's sponsored by uh, Prairie Flowers, Hen and Chick, and the Bank of Sun prairie. So, slash valentine. Uh, there's also a blood drive going on Friday, February 11th, 8 to 1, at the Sun Prairie VFW. It's in memory of Harry Rip. Um, who uh, was involved with the VFW and like blood giving blood is important right now I, I've been making a note I've been wanting to do it because I, I there are there's a shortage due to the pandemic and so uh, if you can't go to the blood drive on Friday February 11th at the VFW find your local Red Cross find a place to give blood uh, it, it's a nice thing that you can do to give back uh, it doesn't take a lot of time check out the blood drive so yeah and if you want to listen to previous episodes of this show go to anchor.fm slash w-a-w-b-s-p you can also get uh spotify and the apple Podcasts app i have not pulled my podcast from spotify uh because of joe rogan because i need all the listeners i can get i'm not at neil young level but uh you can get it on spotify and apple Podcasts. so thanks for listening we will be right back with my guest and maastricht <music> Welcome. Thanks for being here, and Thanks for having me. Um, I, you're the executive director of Sunshine Place?
1: I am. It's been almost a year
0: now. So I have to, I was going back, I interviewed Joanna Cervantes, your predecessor. Okay. So I think it was my third show. I went, I had, you know, I'd, I'd done a couple shows in here in the spring of 2020. And then obviously all hell broke loose and then I, but I, I wanted to keep doing the show some way or another and so I was able to get Joanne on the phone and I recorded it off my phone and the audio quality was terrible and I tried to sort of clean it up and it it wasn't very good and then shortly after uh, Jeff and the media center got me like proper equipment and perfect did it up nice but it, it it I think that the nice lead in that we're doing sort of this bookend of almost two years ago where uh, was the start of the pandemic um, but but yeah, now to see where we've come now and obviously a new director. Um, we're at a different stage of the pandemic, hopefully coming out of it. Um, and, I, and so I wanted, that's why I just want to talk to you about that. Today sure. And yeah. where things are at. And then I know you have some of this, may have some information on some grants or things going on in the future. But so that's a long-winded introduction. But but yeah, I, I just want to get to know you. Just, start off with. Sure. Um, Where did you grow up originally? Are you from the Madison Superior area? And kind of what's your background?
1: Okay. I grew up in central Wisconsin, a little town called Granton Hmm. in the middle of Clark County. uh, Farming community. Uh, Grew up with very community-minded parents. My dad was a teacher. My mom was the village clerk. And they kind of ran the show in my little hometown. Uh, running the festivals and the park and everything going on, and so I uh, kind of got my feet wet very early in community service because you just get dragged along when you're the child of people that are organizing everything for the, or, the little village.
0: Yeah, so I'm not. F- I, I grew up in the Wasa area. So oh, I'm
1: not, you're
0: in my neck I'm, of the woods. Yeah, but I'm not familiar with that. It, I mean, it sounds like it's a pretty small town. But yeah, how...
1: we're 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 on the other side of Marshfield. Okay, and like, where's the
0: nearest l- Fleet Farm? That would be the question. We Marshfield. Well, the...
1: well Nilesville's the closest you know, city over a thousand people, but Marshfield was really where we would go or or Eau Claire, perhaps. Sure,
0: sure. Okay. No, that makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah, so I I ended up going to college at Eau Claire and got Mm. a business degree, moved to the Twin Cities for 10 years, worked there at an insurance company in business. Hmm. And... um, then met my husband. And we he's from Wisconsin, so I could bring him home because he was a Packer fan and a Badger fan, <laughs> and all that good thing, those good things. That's and nice. once we had kids, it got a little tedious driving our kids back to Grandma and Grandpa. His he grew up in Kenosha, okay. So we decided to split the difference and moved to the Madison area. And I actually stayed home then for 15 years and just volunteered a lot in my parents' footsteps and got involved at my kids' schools at Sacred Heart School and. Planned a gala there and got involved in Sunshine Supper back in 2010 when that started. Okay. And worked at the food pantry and did a lot at my church. And then had these part-time jobs doing event planning and decided to get out of that and ended up taking a a position as the director of operations in 2018 at Sunshine Place. Okay. So I had had a history of volunteering at the food pantry um, you know, our sister organization there, and, uh, you know, a lengthy um, experience being deeply involved in Sunshine Supper. So I knew a lot about Sunshine Place. My heart was with Sunshine Place. I was looking for something a little more stable uh, um, as far as event planning can kind of be crazy for a while. Sure, right. and, yeah. and, and I have a little bit of burnout from that. Um, I still have an interest in it, but I don't want to do it full-time. So, um Yeah, I took that position, which was really timely from the board perspective of of choosing to um, add a part-time position at that time because it was right after the explosion. Joanna was pretty much there by herself as far as from a business fundraising, uh, all of that kind of standpoint, and she was leaned on heavily during – the um the aftermath of the explosion and just helping all the families that were displaced by that tragedy and you know she actually went shopping with families and and helped get them clothing with the grant monies that were collected and ensured that all the paperwork that's involved with that kind of thing and paper trail was all handled so it's not just a matter of we no nobody got $100 a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars handed to them. Yeah. Actually, we had to pay the landlord, or we had to pay oh, okay. the clothing department, or whatever. But that requires a lot of time, and and we've, I've experienced that now through COVID. So, anyways. It was timely because I could come in and help with the business and financial part of it. With my business background, that was a good fit for me. Um, With my love of the nonprofit, that was a good fit for me. So that's how I landed at Sunshine Place with no plans to be an executive director. (laughs) I loved my part-time job. But COVID hit. Uh, Joanna had a baby in the midst of COVID. And I was pretty much alone for quite several months um, at Sunshine Place during the pandemic. And um, we had added this COVID rent and utility assistance program, which helped people um, stay in their housing. You know, a lot of people weren't affected financially by the pandemic, but a lot of people were. Sure. And we got a lot of calls from those folks. And that's why we are here. We are here to help in times of of, um, struggle when they can't get to, they need food or clothing for their kids or a bed, but we're also here for times of crisis. So it happened during the explosion and then again during COVID, we were called upon in that way. So um, I helped um, kind of manage All of that COVID rent and utility assistance and the grant tracking and things like that, some grant writing in there, along with Janelle from Joining Forces for Family, who is the the community social worker, you could say. And so she would intake all the client information, and then I would work with the landlords and get the checks cut and make sure we were following all the grant rules and tracking all the money and all that kind of thing, which is very important in the nonprofit world if you want to get more grants. Right,
0: yeah. Make sure a, your eyes are dotted and exactly are crossed. No, I, okay. it was. I think there's been several conversations where you see similarities to what happened after the explosion and Sun Prairie Strong, and that I, I'm glad we talk about it and keep remembering it. We uh, definitely because do. it mm-hmm. it so much represents the best of who we are. And then you take that, which was only happened to Sun Prairie. I mean, I was a certain other families were impacted beyond it, but was sort of a micro event in the big scheme of things to this global event and pandemic and you saw some of the same reactions and and similarities to to helping people when they need definitely
1: and I I feel like I had a firsthand seat at watching our amazing community because the outpouring of support um, just through donations and helping with rent or sunshine supper or when we needed a call for beds or uh, the the community steps up Always. Yeah. Never fails. And so, not only from a donation standpoint, but from a volunteer standpoint. And that was actually the hardest part, Andy, was that we got so many calls of people who wanted to help. You know, we're, I'm not scared of the virus. I really want to come out and help. But from a safety standpoint, if you recall, when it first came out, we didn't know how it was all transmitted. Yeah. How many people could be together? You know, we were on the lockdown essentially, and so we really had to minimize the number of volunteers that could help, which was really hard because we have such a giving community who always wants to step up and help, and, and we still do. And we we aren't back up to
0: normal. Yeah, I remember talking about Joanna with Joanna about that. That there, people had more time on their hands. They weren't traveling. They weren't able to do other things, and they wanted to help. But yeah, you you can't get a bunch of people in a room together at at that point or you know even still probably not the best idea exactly it's like it just give money that's (laughs) what we need really you know we'll take food but at some point it is just we just need the financial yeah
1: yeah but people step up in in all different ways and it's pretty amazing you know if you doubt the goodness of the world you just need to come and sit in my office for a week and you'll see it
0: yeah that's awesome and i and so where I wanted to just give, give people, because the people think of the Sunshine Place or the Food Pantry, it's, it's actually multiple sort of groups and organizations under that umbrella. And just can you give people a general overview to help them understand what it, when you talk about Sunshine Place or what, what you're involved with, what does that all encompass?
1: Thank you for asking. It is the most confusing <laughs> um, thing out there, I think, about our, our structure. And um, we're always wanting to clarify for people. So there's actually two nonprofits located at Sunshine Place, the building. Okay. There's the food pantry, which is its own nonprofit, and then there's Sunshine Place. We act like a married couple; we partner in everything. And so, even though we're two different nonprofits, it, it's you know they help us, we help them, mm-hmm. and it's a wonderful relationship. Sunshine Place is made up of seven programs under our nonprofit umbrella. And those, and then we have seven partners where we partner with other agencies so we can bring services onto our campus, such as Joining Forces for Family, that community social worker, and Center Hispano, a Latino-speaking social worker, Rise sure. Early Childhood. So those are partners. Those are other agencies. They have their own budget and, and ways of funding and their own employees, but we bring them on so we can have those services here in Sun Prairie. Our seven programs are things that people will be very familiar with, Sunshine Supper, Cards Closet, the free clothing for kids, the Bed Lady, um, which is um, beds for kids that are sleeping Mm -hmm. on the floor. We, Spirit of Giving, everybody knows, well, most people know about Spirit of Giving, our holiday gift and food distribution program. Stuff the Bus is our summertime um, backpack and school supply program. And then we have Sunshine Legal Clinic, which is free, Legal advice. Um, and, and then the, the seventh program is our rent and utility assistance program, which mm. I started. We didn't have that before COVID. We weren't really in the business of giving out money or helping people in need. We, we kind of referred them to other places, but a lot of grants were available when COVID hit and we took advantage of it so we started that program and just this last year we decided we're going to continue it we're going to call it the Rays of Hope Emergency Assistant Fund so it's just going to help people stay in their housing so help them with an example I'll get a call over Christmas somebody was out of work for two weeks because the company closed down well then they didn't have the money to pay their rent yeah. so it's it's bridging the gap for the for people when something happens unexpected their car breaks down so they have to choose to to pay for the car or pay for their rent and things like that so it's a great i think it'll be a really good for some prairie to have it long term we always make sure that it, it it really is just for that temporary need that they can We'll pay for February's. We'll help with February's rent, but you have to make sure that you can pay for March rent. Mm-hmm. So if, if they have a greater need, there are other services that can help. We are really just for let's keep you in your house now and not get you on the snowball effect where you can't pay your rent and then you get lay fees and it gets out of control. So yeah. let's take care of it now.
0: No, and that's where I'm going. As I, I, I'm sure some people hear of all the different programs available and things, and there's sort of this – attitude of, well, you're creating dependency or that's a disincentive for people to want to work or that kind of thing. And I, I, I don't subscribe to those kind of things. I wonder if you just, you see this every day on the front lines and sort of what, what is the experience you've had of, of people coming in, how that helps them and then also benefits the community as a whole, just by being able to offer those types of programs or even temporary assistance?
1: Yeah, you know, there's... Systemic poverty is really hard to get out of, Yeah. And, and we we do try to build up people the best we can, and we're mostly we we try to bridge the gap to get them to a better place. And there are certainly people that you know because of their income they just cannot they need the food assistant every month um, be, to pay their rent, and and they're trying the best. A lot of single moms are coming through that are just
0: struggling. And so we're... I just read an article today that even though there's a labor shortage, companies are, are reluctant to move people from part-time to full-time because that's benefits and other things. And they're sort of hoping that they can kind of, you know, they, they don't have to pay people more. And so it it isn't just because there's a labor shortage and everybody needs work, doesn't mean that all those jobs are you know, you're able to pay a living wage and survive. Exactly.
1: And, and that's the problem. There's not enough living wage. And, you know, we have to people up and get them the skills. So when we get somebody calling and saying, you know, I'm I'm going to take an over-the-road driving class and I can't pay for part of the, the down payment, we are thrilled to help with that. And we're bringing a, we, one of our partners on our campus is Operation Fresh Start, which works with young people and try to help them get onto a career path and, and perhaps get signed up for Madison College or something that will bring them... Get them to a position where they can ha- find a job that can pay the bills.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, how has I know you know the shows? What are we building? I know you did an expansion, and uh, we have, I mean during a pandemic and fundraising challenges and everything. And where where are things now today? With you know what did that that new building? What did, what did it? Look like, and then what has it allowed you to do just recently?
1: Yes. So we were very lucky because the community stepped up for this capital campaign that we called uh, hashtag Act of Kindness SP. And we pretty much finished fundraising for our second phase right before the pandemic hit, which was great timing. Yeah. And so during the pandemic, we did move ahead with the construction for our phase two, which was to add on to the food pantry. Again, it's a partnership between Sunshine Place and Food Pantry. We're we're always this married couple (laughs) moving forward. And so we added on to the Food Pantry building, the Sunshine Place building, and it allowed for additional um, storage and more accessibility, um, like sliding doors and better space for food recovery. It's pretty amazing, the food mm. pantry operation, the amount of food recovery they do. They get uh, deliveries from Costco six days a week and not from Costco. They go and pick it up. And then okay. Quick Trip, they get food. And Village Hearth, they get food. And um, the grocery, the other grocery stores, they get food. So, when, so you,
0: when you say food recovery, that's going out to these places that you mentioned. And this is it food that is like a couple days past expiration or you know I, I, It's
1: it's primarily food that in their eyes isn't sellable mm-hmm. but it's still edible. Okay. You know, so say Costco bought a huge, too much too many grapes and they're not going to get rid of them all. So they'll keep what they need or they they have another shipment coming in. So yeah. they'll give us the the ones and then the awesome food pantry volunteers go through all the produce and make sure it's not spoiled, they get rid yeah. of the spoilage and then they put the rest out. And so it it's it allows for a lot of fresh f- fresh foods recovery. Sure. Yeah. Um, from that and and sometimes it's meat that they're getting from these lo- locations, which is great. Again, to get meat and dairy and fruits and vegetables is brought, but we really want to get perishable,
0: in and you have to manage that and refrigerate it exactly. And move, you know, not give too much, but have enough.
1: Yeah, so that's where they get a lot of those foods from, and then the community usually steps up with a lot of the canned goods yep. and things like that. And then, you know, when people ask what the food pantry needs, they often need. Um, Diapers and um, personal goods—you know those kinds of things—because those they they can buy some commodities at a very cheap rate and get things in bulk, but they can't buy those kinds of things. Yeah,
0: yeah. I know a friend of mine has done like a diaper drive, or I think he'd done like a tampon drive, and you know that's kind of the the health, you know, that kind of stuff that um, yeah. I think people don't always think about. They see, they hear food pantry exactly. These are toilet paper, paper towels, all things that are consumable. You know, that people go through, but not necessarily specifically food. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, your original question was what we did. So, we added onto the food pantry and then we remodeled the lobby to make it a little more streamlined for when we go back in person. Mm -hmm. And then we um, updated some offices. And there's a piece of the space that we might create more offices because I I anticipate we'll grow in the future. In fact, I know we're going to grow in the future. So, there's space for that when we get to that point, which would be Phase 3, which we're kind of on hold for Phase 3. But the bottom line is the best part for me of the whole expansion for our Phase 2 was that we went from 7 parking lot spaces to 32 parking lot spaces, which is huge. From a safety standpoint, our volunteers used to have to park up Rickle Road and in the dark and in the cold and walking. There's no sidewalks. It's it's better from a safety standpoint. It, it's great backup parking for Sunshine Supper, and um, it's great for our, our our guests that are coming in, our the clients that are coming in because they can park in front and nobody is taking up those spots. So. Yeah,
0: I love even just hearing you call them guests, and I, and I did I have volunteered there, you know, mm-hmm. pre COVID, and just the the respect and dignity that everybody that comes through the door is treated with. It's it's as close to kind of a normal quote unquote normal shopping experience and. You know, it feels like you're you're able to go to the grocery store, um, but be able to have that assistance and not you know, not feel terrible about yourself. For exactly to come in, and it does I think lift people up. So
1: yeah, that that's the whole idea of it. And and same with Sunshine Supper, we've never said you have to prove that you need a meal. It's a community meal. Anybody right. can come, and it, it's all to provide dignity for everybody who comes through that door. We respect and welcome everybody who comes through the door, no matter what the reason. And what we found with Sunshine Supper is people are coming um, oftentimes because they need a meal when we were indoors more. But mm-hmm. even now, but they need company.
0: Yeah. that's so people are isolated. They're lonely. And just being able to find the, you know, even if you can afford your meal to be able to go out and, and there's – there's assistance you get in other ways beyond, you know, financial. And so people shouldn't be afraid to to go seek that out. Exactly.
1: And even through the pandemic, like, people come through the line on Monday. And for a while, it was Monday and Wednesday. It's the same people that, they, like, sometimes they knew, one, that it was going to be safe because they trusted us. We right. had built that trust. And two... They got to see the people that they used to, like the volunteers that were outside, mm-hmm. could it greet with them? And it's almost like a, a health check for some of our guests, yeah. you know, like, oh, are you doing okay and what's going on? And so that mental health aspect. Yeah, we of, don't
0: talk about that enough. We underestimate, yeah, that, yeah. the mental health and the connection and, and mm-hmm. somebody caring about you. Yep. you know.
1: yep, it's, the power of human connection for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, you mentioned phase three. I wanted to ask you. I know we had hoped maybe there'd be some news and I know. bureaucracy and things always take longer than you want. But exactly. I know. So you applied for a grant, and I exactly if, uh, we're going to run out of time here. But yeah, as, as we wrap up, just kind of explain what what the the grant was about and yeah. what the hopes are, and yeah. if, if there's anything you can share. So
1: phase three is going to focus on our, our second building where Sunshine Suppers can held. So 1632 West Main Street, and it's a falling apart. Um, Strip mall. Yeah. And it was going to be a remodel, but then an opportunity came up with some COVID funds through the state of Wisconsin, and we were able to apply. Actually, the city of Sun Prairie had to apply but Uh on our behalf for a $15 million grant where we would purchase the Gates Enterprise building. Yep, the body shop. The body shop there um, and car rental place and then um, demolish that building and Sunshine Supper and then build – a building along Main Street there and kind of tie it into the current Sunshine Place building with a drive-through with an awning because we'll probably stay in a drive-through fashion um, okay. for a long time just because we've been able to serve more people. Yeah, um, But we'll probably go indoors, too. We might just kind of a dual model. Um, from a safety standpoint, it would be great to de- – design it to have an actual awning over it from a weather safety Mm -hmm. standpoint and just all from a safety standpoint of doing a drive-through. But then our other programs could use it. Spirit of Giving could use it for their holiday distributions. Stuff the bus could use it if they so choose. So... um, that's the idea. If we get it, and then the, uh, the main floor would be all Sunshine Place programs and partners. And then we would build two floors of very low-income housing that would be managed by um, Tolarian, which is a drug and mental health yep. um, facility out of um, Madison. Yeah. Madison,
0: um, Monona area. Exactly.
1: Yeah. But they, they have the wraparound mental health um, Services and so this would be targeted a lot towards single moms, potentially homeless, probably homeless. You know, we have over a hundred children in Sun Prairie that are homeless, so yeah. there's obviously a need. Well, let's get them stabilized. Let's work with the families that as a whole. And so the idea would be we would have services on site that if they were dealing dealing with drug addiction, that that could be handled. If they were dealing with mental health, that could be handled, um, or not handled, but d- treated yeah. right. um, and and work with the anybody there and then also other wraparound services if they need help with childcare or transportation just have a social worker who's working with those moms or those folks to work through that so that's our dream yeah we'll find out in uh, by the end of february if we get the 15
0: million dollar grant and these are these are the neediest people in our community and they are the most potential at risk for being ending up moving into crime or doing things that are really destructive um, to their own lives and to the community, and so the prevention aspect and the ability to to lift them up and and avoid these kind of problems before they start, um, that's that's what it's all about. Yeah, um, it makes our, all of us better. So. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's all about helping people get through their tough times and moving on to a better. Place.
0: Yeah, I would. I mean, it would be wonderful just as I always think of Main Street and that exit as sort of the front door, you know, the lobby Mm. to our community. And if we had a building like that, this kind of shining new, uh, gorgeous building that was there to help. The people most in need would say a lot about who we are. And, I agree. And be a wonderful symbol, I think.
1: I you you're spot yeah. on, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can get to that point. And and it would be an accurate picture of our community because yeah. we really are a caring community who wants to take care of their neighbors.
0: Well, I will certainly be sharing the news with listeners. I'm sure you'll thank you re- read and hear about it when it is. And Maastricht, I thank you so much for being here. I thank you for what you're doing. It's really really inspiring work and i'm glad i could share it with everybody thanks for yeah. coming
1: thanks for having me yeah
0: it was great thanks well what a lovely conversation and, and there are people in the community that you know that are make the community better every day what they do and sunshine place and what ann does and her staff i know it's a small staff uh, but what they do is is just so critical and important if you like sun prairie if you think sun prairie is a great place to live and you're happy here you can't forget about Sunshine Place and realize that it is part of making us who we are and, and the city what it is. So my, my great thanks to Anne for coming on and talking to me um, and everything she does every day. My thanks to you for listening. This is What Are We Building on 1035 FM The Sun.